Welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer, where you'll hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to grow your business and sell it for maximum profitability. If you want to learn lawyer-proven strategies for building and exiting your business, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, J.P. McAvoy, is a business lawyer, college professor, and best-selling author who has been assisting clients start, grow, and sell their businesses for millions of dollars for over 15 years. Will yours be the next? Now here's your host, J.P. McAvoy. On today's episode of The Millionaire's Lawyer, we're speaking with Kimberly Whitecamp. She is a successful marketing strategist, podcaster in her own right, and conversion copywriter. We'll talk about what those things actually mean and some of the things that Kimberly is doing in her own business life right now. Kimberly, how are you today? I am doing very well, JP. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great. Great to have you here. So tell us uh, first off, what is a conversion copywriter? Uh, so it used to be uh, copywriting was just kind of related to direct res- to, to, to marketing in general. Um, and now, especially with using uh, online methods, uh, basically, if you're a conversion copywriter, every piece of copy you create has a purpose. It has a goal and you can track the conversions because it's really hard to say, oh, uh, this one piece is amazing uh, because 50 people saw it when you don't know what those 50 people then did next. Right. So the idea is to, to write, write copy with a purpose, isn't it? Yes. You, you're, any, anything I create has a goal at the end. I know what I want the reader to do next uh, and what kind of uh, level my client is happy with, how many people would then take that action. Take the action that's been proposed, right? So can you give us some examples of the types of uh, writing and conversion and steps that, uh, uh, that you help uh, clients implement? Sure. So one of my favorite projects to do is what I call a welcome series. So basically, once you get somebody to sign up to your email list, uh, you want to kind of let them know about who you are and what you do, because most likely they only spent a couple minutes on your website or less. So it's kind of a a quick reintroduction. You build that no like, and trust factor. And then you want to immediately get them to take a small commitment to continue to hear more from you. So usually that's something like sign up for, uh, you know, a quick no obligation call or uh, sign up for a demo for a product that people are offering. And you want to get them to take that action within a certain time frame usually. So uh, on those welcome series, we build that trust factor. We also, the part of the conversion is making sure people continue to open the messages because once they open those first two or three messages, they're more likely to continue opening more. So it also helps to create a very engaged list so that when you do send something out, people are like, oh, that person, I like hearing from them. So I want to continue to hear from them. So it's to get them to be opening the messages, know a little bit about uh, the company that they're uh, signed up to get, receive information from, and then taking them to that one next step if it's reading an article, if it's signing up for a quick call, uh, just something really small to get them to say, yes, okay, I'm very engaged and I'm going to continue to interact with this company. Okay, that's great. You mentioned a couple of things. One is uh, increase <laughs> the with no trust and like factor. So uh, yes. give, uh, give me some specifics. Uh, you know, like everybody says that, but how do you actually do that? How do you do that? So uh, basically, what I usually say is, Uh, For a lot of the companies I've worked with in the past, they've been uh, software companies, for example. And what will happen is everything they approach as we are a company helping a company. And I explain to them that, look, a company is not reading. 
anything you create, right? An individual is. Now that individual might work for a company that matches your your perfect buyer, but who is the person reading it? Is it an HR manager? Is it the director of marketing? Is it the owner of a hotel? Who is it that's reading that? So basically people like to buy from people. So one way to uh, increase the no like, and trust factor is do a really brief introduction of the person behind the welcome series. I always tell people, if you're going to create uh, any kind of interaction that's like in an email inbox, have it be from a person, right? So is that person the head of customer success uh, for your product? Great. Then people know that there is a chance they ever get in touch with the company, they can actually speak with that person. So you give them a brief introduction about who you are. You know, you throw in something fun that's got nothing to do with business. Like, you know, I really love fishing and I'll be talking about fishing a lot in my emails because I I get my best epiphanies about our product when fishing, something like that. And then you, uh, you build that trust by telling them how often you'll be in touch and then following through. Uh, so a lot of times, you know, we get so busy, we might let our email series uh, slide. Or if we say we're going to be in touch weekly, you know, some weeks we just get so busy and suddenly three weeks have passed and we haven't been in touch. So I say, you know, make sure that you tell them, okay, you're only going to hear from me once a week. That says, I'm only going to be in your inbox once a week. It prepares people to know when you're going to be in their inbox. And then you're also letting them know, going to be there once a week. And once a week, you then receive that message. And the more they receive those messages, the more they know to check at that time, the more likely they are anticipating getting your stuff and uh, then ready to open it. So those are just a few ways to increase those no like, and trust factors um, great, in a welcome very, series. Very likable answer. Very likable answer. So appreciate that. And um, you talk about trying to be regular, having a regular message. I assume part of it uh, after they like you is to provide value, right? Or assume that there's something there that they want to uh, to be reading. So what are some of the follow-ups? Or how, how are you doing that? I guess it's industry-specific or it depends who you're working with. But uh, Right. It, it depends on who you're working with. But I always tell people, you have to have a reason to enter someone's inbox. And that reason is not, I want them to open it. You have to have a reason that's related to your audience. Absolutely. So uh, I tend to fall into the category of always having at least one piece of content, one thing they can take away from every message that somebody opens. That's not to say that uh, a lot of my clients, you know, at the bottom of a message, you're going to say, hey, we have this new service or hey, have you gotten the chance to sign up for that call that we talked about, that kind of thing. Uh, But the body of the email is usually, so, you know, you sign up for this trial, here's the best way to use it. Or did you know we have a knowledge base? Most people like this question first that kind of a thing. So it really does depend on the industry and, and kind of how often you're going to be in touch with them. But always you want to be providing value. And that's why in the very beginning that, that welcome series has a lot of value built into it. Because you're not only going to be telling them what you're doing, but you're going to be explaining how that will be a benefit to your reader. Because, uh, you know, people aren't going to open the messages if they're like, oh yeah, that person, they always want to sell me something. Or, oh yeah, that guy, uh, he talks about social media. I don't really care about social media, so I'm not going to open his messages. Well, that's fine because then they're not a match for you. But if you are talking about something, if you sell something that does relate to exactly what they need, you want to make sure that they're eager to open your stuff. So when you contact them, always have something of value in the message. You know, Always have a reason 
that if you promise something, they're going to open that message. They're going to be able to get something out of it. Even if it's, you know, like a 30 second, oh, that's, that's really interesting. I didn't know that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, mind blowing, but always make sure that there is value in the messages that you send out. No, that's great. That's great. Uh, so you mentioned this welcome series. Well, you said that a couple of times. Can you tell me more, tell me more about a welcome series just to make sure I understand that? Sure. So welcome series is uh, an automated email sequence. So that means that anytime somebody takes an action, a new can define what that action is. So for a welcome series, we're talking about they signed up to get something from you most likely. So, you know, when you land on a site and they say, Hey, do you want to know the five ways to improve your productivity over the work week? And you download that then they get enrolled into this uh, usually five to seven email sequence that is going to the purpose of a welcome series, um, as I mentioned, is basically to introduce the company a little bit more to make sure that the reader uh, knows what they're going to be getting from the messages and kind of to create that experience of what it's going to be like to work with your company before they've even done anything with your company, right? So the the wording, the messaging, the language in your in your emails should match your company's voice, should match your company's tone. It lets people know a little bit more about your company. So including stuff about your mission, the values, how you operate, the process of working with you, that kind of thing. And of course, providing value related to the reason why they signed up. That one's very important. Uh, and something that some companies kind of overlook is that if they signed up learning, wanting to know about, uh, I think I said productivity hacks, make sure that the things that you send them are still related to the productivity hacks. If you then start talking about dieting, you're going to lose people, right? Or if you then start talking about uh, how to get better sleep, people are like, wait, what? I wanted to learn more about saving time. This is, uh, this is not exactly you know what I thought. In the first place. Yeah, you know why they're there in the first place. So make sure you're, uh, yeah, you're, uh, you honor that, obviously. Um, Absolutely. So there's this sequencing that occurs. Uh, how do you build that or how do you recommend people build that? Is there a software solution or where's the, where's the place they go to, to build, I guess, once they have the copy written? Once they have the copy written, um, I highly recommend, it depends on the size of your list. If you have a, a little bit of a smaller list, uh, ConvertKit, I love ConvertKit so much. It's super easy to use, especially if you don't have a tech person to set things up for you. And then once you're ready to start uh, doing more in-depth segmentation, uh, and that's when uh, you're sending specific emails to specific types and people on your audience. So not everyone in your email sequence is going to receive the same thing. Then I recommend Active Campaign when your when your list gets bigger because they have so many different segmentation options. Uh, but you know most most email softwares out there will have the basic things you need to get started. Uh, it's just a matter of how how much of a learning curve you want. And uh, both of those have fantastic knowledge bases. They have a lot of support if you have questions. It's really easy to get in touch with, and it's super easy to set up. Um, so. Once you have the copy uh, created, then you you set up an account with uh, one of those software companies, and then you connect it to your website, and they'll have stuff. Uh, depending on who's hosting your site and all that kind of stuff, uh, they usually have help articles about how to do that too. If you don't have a tech person, great, great, yeah. So have it all linked through. So you've spent, I mean, a lot of time in this area, uh, and I can, I think others, right? Uh, you you help people understand the best way of. Uh, serving serving their client base, their customers, and enriching that relationship, right? Uh, you want to speak a little bit how you've done that in the past? 
Absolutely. So I'm a big believer in uh, marketing should be helpful. Marketing should not be a snake oil salesman. <laughs> and, you know, you, you can see a mix of that online. But basically, it's really great now because um, helping, having help at the uh, base of your marketing campaign is exactly what Google wants you to do. So it's, it, it's a no-brainer, right? And that's because, um, you know, think about the last time you had a random question. You were having a conversation with a friend and you're arguing, I don't know, about like who won the 1984 basketball series. I have no idea. Um, so then, you know, you pick up your phone and you say, hey, Google, who won the 1984 basketball series? And more and more of those types of searches, known as voice searching, are happening online today. So the algorithm that Google is using is changing to put priority on websites and marketing materials and anything listed online that answers questions that are phrased verbally, so that are using natural language, right? They aren't the, the corporate, we understand this and we understand that and let us help you understand how we can help you type stuff uh, because you're answering questions. So uh, what I've helped uh, a lot of companies do is create like thought leadership pieces and blog posts and that kind of forward-facing content, which is going to answer someone's question first and then lead them into learning more about your company. You know, they read one article that answered the question you have, and then you, being helpful, then link to another article that's related to the topic um, or within or at the very end, that kind of a thing. So creating content that is helping your audience first, especially for, you know, any kind of big purchase uh, nowadays, whether it's like a computer or if it's a course or if it's a software that you're going to have to pay for the next 18 months, that kind of thing. People like to compare. So they're looking for uh, a specific answer to a specific problem first. And then once they know that if they liked what the article had to say, then they're like, oh, who wrote this? Oh, great. This person's got something like that. I wonder what if that can help me. Um, so I'm a big believer in putting help at the core of your marketing strategy and your marketing campaigns. And one way I've done that is by creating the, those first contact pieces, if you will. Those uh, you know, conversion copywriting, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to lead to a sale. The conversion on that is to get someone to read it and then to click the next article or to read and then uh, sign up for your email, uh, email list, that kind of thing. Okay, great. I, as you describe this, and I think you're probably giving us an, a pretty good idea of uh, what it's like to work with you, but uh, thought occurs to me, I mean, you're doing this for different businesses. Let's uh, do a test. Let's do a little test run here and maybe apply this type of thinking Towards the millionaire's lawyer, we're trying to get the, the word uh, uh, the word out on the millionaire's lawyer. The marketing, uh, the help, I think that's being provided, and uh, uh, what we're doing for business owners and listeners is giving them tips and uh, strategies for growing their business to take it to the next level. If you were doing the marketing, I guess copywriting and a marketing strategy for the millionaire's lawyer, what kind of advice would you begin with? So uh, you talked about the help, but the help is actually step number four. Okay, good. Leapfrogging a couple of the initial steps. Yes, we're leapfrogging. So basically, one thing, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, uh, one thing I find when working with my clients are in the manufacturing industry, something like that. And I'll say, okay, that's great. You have an idea of what companies you're going to sell to. 
but who are you selling to? And they'll say, well, we're selling to those companies. And I said, no, you're not selling to those companies. Who you're selling to is the individual person. So what I, I, I walk my clients through and, he, and we'll do this for you. Okay. So for the millionaire's lawyer, uh, we're talking listeners, correct? Yeah. Listeners to the show. Uh, and listeners to people, the show. Listeners to the show and, and people that are uh, interested. So to answer your question, people that have a business uh, and are interested in growing it with a view to possibly selling it someday. Okay. So they have a business and they're looking to grow it and maybe sell it someday. All right. So that's a very broad, broad, broad audience. Absolutely. And what I'll tell people is you don't want to have too broad of an audience because what will happen is you're going to target two or three specific types of buyers. And then you're still going to get more people that don't necessarily fall into those narrow categories, but still like what you have to say. So thinking about the types of listeners that you have currently or thinking about the people you've helped grow their business and then sell it, either think of the people you most enjoyed working with or the people you feel your approach, your messaging works best. So we'll narrow it down first to industry. What industry, uh, if you have three industries or if you just have one general industry, what industry are people generally in when they are listening to the millionaire's lawyer and want to grow and sell? Uh, yeah, it's not really, they're, they're generally business owners in, you know, various industries. Uh, they're usually a small to medium sized business Okay. and it's, and it's usually the decision maker, the, probably the, uh, uh, majority shareholder of that business, but it can be in, it can, I mean, I, I know you're trying to, uh, and we can use, we can use an example. I mean, why don't I give you an example? But as I say, it's, it, that's difficult because they are, uh, you know, service manufacturing, I mean, clients of of all of all uh, stripes and locales, right? Uh, that that reach out, that say, "Hey, this is what we're doing. Uh, this is where we are. Uh, this is where we want to get to." Can you okay. Help us, uh, can you help us along, you know, along the way there? Great. So you've talked about manufacturing. You've talked about service businesses. You mentioned small to medium. So automatically, we're not going to be creating any kind of content that's specific to enterprise level because you are wanting to focus on the small to medium-sized business owners. That's great. Now, you mentioned a couple of different industries that you can work in, but that you've worked with a lot of people. So then that comes into who do you want more of? Was there a particular type of business owner that you really loved working with that person? You loved their approach. You loved learning about their type of business and you'd like to help more people like that. Do you have anyone uh, that would fall into that category? Yes, certainly. Uh, It's typically uh, somebody that's been running their own business for 10, 15 years uh, and is thinking about a possible exit or what the succession for the business is going to be. So it's somebody that's typically, as they say, has an established business that's been running it for a period of time has gone to a certain level and they realize that uh, they need to do change their thinking or do things a little bit differently to take it, as I say, to that next level. And then ultimately, they, they know as well, they have to think of the long term. They, do they have a potential to sell to a family member? Do they have a potential to sell, uh, sell up to uh, a, a larger corporation that's uh, in an acquisition uh, phase? Uh, what, what, where do they need to be? So they're starting to be strategic. They may have been in the weeds for a long time and then taking a step back, they realize... They need to get some advice, some help to take, as I say, take things to the next level. That's, that's the sweet spot. Those are the people that tend to reach out. Those are the people that uh, engage uh, both with the millionaire's lawyer. So, you know, through the podcast and the work that we do here, but also ultimately refer over to the law firm, Deconic Law, uh, when they ultimately decide they need some legal work as well. So that's the sweet spot. That's who we sort of uh, 
Um, not that we're not, you know, don't love everybody listening in. Those are the people that we find that do engage and, uh, and ultimately reach out by saying, Hey, we heard you on the podcast. You know, we love what, you know, we, lo- we love what Kimberly had to say. Uh, we want to work with her. We want to work with you on the legal side of things to take our business to that next, to that next level. Fantastic. So we've gone from talking about uh, business owners who might want to grow and sell to talking about business owners who've been in business for 10 to 15 years. They own a small to medium company. They're ready to, they're thinking about exiting, uh, but they don't know what next steps to take. Now, and you can even split those further into saying, okay, you have the people who might be able to sell to family and the people who are looking for a company. Okay, great. So you've got two highly defined buyers from that really, really, really big cloud down to your two highly defined buyers. And as you said, they're the people who are highly engaged. So you want more of those people to be listening in. And that's the first step is defining your audience. So we've now really defined that audience. And so what can you automatically rule out by already having this find the audience? And one thing I can probably rule out is you're not going to be doing content on how to start a business because these people are already business owners. You're not going to be doing content about uh, setting up payroll per se, because they've been in business for 10 years. So they already know that kind of information. So you know what level of information you now need to create. So that would be step one of walking through something uh, for creating a marketing campaign is highly defining that audience. And by having a defined audience, then you can move forward to the other steps of figuring out your marketing campaign. That's great. Great, as you say, the introductory steps, uh, and I think from uh, some of the some of the next steps that you just described, one of them is okay. So now I know who they are. What are the things that they're going to find helpful, right? I think mm-hmm. that's sort of third or fourth stage, as you described that, and then uh, uh, building things out from there, right? Absolutely, building things out from there. But one of the things I'll find is, you know, and this is how we started, right? You were talking about, oh, well, I serve this really great thing. And, you know, they're in all kinds of industries and uh, I've helped all of them throughout many different types of things. And these, all of these types of people have reached out to me. But then just thinking about it a little bit, going a little bit further, you've defined you're honestly your most highly engaged segment of your audience that is most likely to reach out for more personalized help. And that's one of the things I've helped my clients really uh, hone in on. And I tell people, you're not excluding anyone by doing this. What you're doing is you're bringing in more of the people that you can help best because that's where your experience is. And that's uh, what you have the most uh, knowledge about. And then anyone who's slightly one step or two steps to either side of that will still find your content interesting, can still see themselves in the content that you put out and are still likely to reach out. So you're not actively excluding people by doing this, but you are bringing in more of the people that you're really perfectly positioned to help because that's what your background is in or that's what you've had the most success with. Yeah, that's great. Because as you say, these these others may find it interesting or they may want to be part of that segment uh, that we are, I guess, directly speaking to, uh, but they're going to find value or they may find things uh, from the information that they're, that they're, that they're gathering in a way that assists them and maybe takes them that next level or takes them where they want to go as well. Absolutely. So that's uh, that's wonderful as you sort of take it, take through that. Uh, What would uh, you say to somebody that is, I guess, struggling with some of these issues right now and uh, thinking that they might need a little bit of help. I mean, obviously they could reach out and work with you on that. What would the, what would an engagement with you look like? 
So uh, most of the time engagements with me, um, you know, you sign up for a really quick call. It's like 15 minutes. And that's just to see, you know, what do you have in mind? Where are you at right now in your business? Uh, you know, when are you looking to get started? The really quick, easy questions. And it's, it's very short because I know that everyone is very busy. And I want to know, can I help you? And uh, are you a good fit for me to help, basically? So it's, it's, it's both ways, you know. Do you like what I have to say? And uh, with your particular uh, situation, is it something I can help with? And if the answer to that is yes, then we'll set up a more in-depth call. It's about 30, 35 minutes that time. And that's when we're going to dive deeper. We're going to, you know, I'll, I'll do a little bit of background research beforehand. Just, you know, look at your site look at the exact thing that you're wanting to promote, that kind of thing, just to see what you already have in place. And then, uh, you know, we'll go into the details. Okay, so this is your big problem. What is your ultimate goal? These are the things I think should be in place for your ultimate goal. Is that great? Then we move on to the proposal stage based on the things that we talk about. And then once we're uh, signed and the deposit's down, we start work and we start with a kickoff call where we're going to go over all the details of what you'll be getting, your timeline, uh, how often you're going to hear from me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people who's going to connect with you, say, yes, okay, I'll write that. It'll take a month and then you won't hear from me for four weeks because that's a horrible, horrible way to operate, in my opinion. And uh, I'm a big believer in customer service. I worked in the customer service industry for quite a while. Uh, I believe in, you know, keeping and maintaining good connections with the people you work with. So, you know, I'll reach out once a week quick summary. Here's what we've done. Here's what's going to happen next. Always do you have questions, that kind of thing. So on that first call, we'll make sure that we're both on the same page, understanding everything. And then I'll go off and I'll do research. Uh, so for me, research is a huge, huge part of every project I do because knowing your audience, knowing your company, knowing exactly what you're offering is a huge, huge part of every marketing campaign. And before I write a single word of copy, I need to have an in-depth understanding of all of those. So I might also look at data. So I might look at uh, the analytics of your site, how people are arriving, how people are leaving, how long they stay, that kind of thing. Might conduct a survey of the people you've already got, going through customer service tickets uh, to see you know, what are your common concerns for people who are already invested in your product, that kind of thing. And I'll do a couple of weeks of research. Uh, and some people may think, oh, wow, that seems so long. But I really want to get an in-depth understanding of your business because in theory, you know, anything that you create is just a first step. Then you can test, then you can expand. Um, as you know, you, you, then you can grow. So you always, I, I'd like to have that really deep understanding of a business so that when we move forward and do other projects together, I have that, that, that base of understanding. So I'll do a couple of weeks of research. Then it's time to incorporate uh, what I call the voice of customer data, which is your customer service tickets, survey answers, that kind of thing. Uh, incorporate that, create the copy. Then, you know, we, we talk about the copy on a call, go through everything, go through the interesting tidbits I found in my research, make any revisions, and then it goes live. So that's a very brief but kind of in-depth overview of what yeah, it's like to work yeah, with me. Yeah, sounds great. It sounds great. Uh, and uh, it's uh, from what you're describing, it's content production, really, right? Uh, when you say go live, are you handling at all the, uh, the technical aspects of that as well? Or is it to, or can you? Or do you, is that something you <laughs> offer as well? Or is it more the, the content itself? 
Uh, in general, I'm a big believer in specialization. So my specialization is the marketing strategy and the copy. You don't want me creating your graphics and you don't want me coding your website. <laughs> That's, uh, those are not my strong suits. But most of the people I work with, they already have a team in place. So they, they usually have a webmaster who can put their stuff live. They usually um, either have a graphics department or have a, you know, an outsource that they can use. Always, you know, if, if a client I'm working with doesn't have that in place, I have a network of people I can recommend to them, yeah. you know, saying, look, you want someone to do your graphics. I've got these three people. They're really great. I've worked with them in the past, that kind of thing. So when I say go live, uh, I say, okay, whatever we created is ready to be published, put forth to the public. It might be an email sequence. It might be a landing page. It might be a, a free download. Uh, it might be the script for a video and then, okay, now it's ready for you to film it and put it live, that kind of thing. So basically any, any marketing material is content because it's talking about how you're going to help, which is, you know, something we've, we've talked about quite a lot and then, you know, leading them to the next step. So if you're selling something, you're explaining you understand their problem. Here's the benefits that we uh, noticed that a lot of people were lacking. We have this thing you can sell. So that's, that's one type of thing. But if it's a, just plain information, that's usually a blog post. If it's getting people to know more about you or if it's, okay, we want a way to stay in touch, be valuable, and let people know that we're still thinking about them once a week, that's a, that's a regular email sequence create those kinds of things as well. So it just depends on the project. But when I say go live, I mean, it's ready for them to, to hit publish or to put into the design and then uh, other people can see it. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Thank you for that as well. And I understand from what you're describing, there's a, a large range uh, of work that you may be engaged to do. How, uh, when you get to the proposal stage, I guess, how do you approach budget as well? Like what is the range that you provide in terms of budget for uh, the types of plans that you're describing here as well? So in general, uh, we've already had the budget conversation on the both the 15-minute call and on the uh, in-depth call. So we'll f come together at a number. Um, and it's really hard to say, okay, the budgeting is going to start from here to here because it just depends on what we're talking about. On the about. project itself, yeah, I appreciate On that. the project itself, exactly. But, you know, if somebody says, okay, I have a budget of, I don't know, uh, $3,000, for example, and these are my goals, I say, okay, so your goal is to, for example, um, get 20 people to sign up for your free consultation call within two weeks of hearing about you as a company. Okay, great. And that's your budget. Then I'll say, okay, uh, so what I'm thinking of then for that range is, and I'll let you know what are the deliverables. And I'll say, okay, you know, I think with, with that kind of a range, this is what, you, we, what we can talk about. I think this is the best use and this is the best way to get that kind of traffic to where you want to go, that kind of a thing. Um, so it, for budget range in general... It depends both on what your goals are, 
what your range is, and then together we'll, we'll come to a number that, so when you see that proposal, it's a number we've already talked about, and it's not going to be a surprise. I'm not a, a person who's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that for that. And then, you know, it comes back and it's twice as much because then that's not useful. It's not a good use of your, of your client's time either because, you know, that's a number they have and it's not necessarily a number they can change. So um, I always work with my clients to figure out how I can best help them um, at the range that they're looking at. That's right. Right. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, dictated in part by budget, but let's have the conversation right from the beginning and tailor it accordingly. Right. Or what we Absolutely. Oh, that's great. I appreciate that too. Um, you mentioned uh, part of what you do is look at the analytics for uh, perhaps a client site or the way people are finding them. Can you tell us a, little, a bit more about what your general research indicates and uh, what, you know, when you're looking at things, what it indicates to somebody? So, uh, what it indicates in terms of what well, I'm looking uh, at that, I, I just want to dig into that a little bit because, uh, you say that you'll, you'll look to see what analytics, uh, uh, I guess I'd start by asking, do you sort of like to dig into? And then what does that tell you? So the analytics I like to dig into are twofold. I like to know where people are coming from. And I like to know uh, what keywords people are using to find you. So that's twofold because a lot of sites nowadays, they're getting more and more people, not more and more, but they're getting a, a portion of their visitors from things like Facebook or other social media platforms. And they're going to get a portion of their, of their traffic from like referral sources. So maybe they were quoted in an article somewhere, for example. And I like to see the breakdown. Okay, uh, how many people are coming to your site in general? Uh, because that's really, really uh, important metric. I've worked with people before who wanted, for example, they wanted to um, get more signups for their free trial. And they told me the number of signups they wanted, which was great. But then I looked at their traffic and their traffic was like less than 100 visitors a month. <laughs> um, and anytime you're talking marketing, anytime you're talking metrics, there's the standard industry benchmark. And then you can, that, that number changes a little bit depending on what industry in particular you're in. But in general, you can say, for example, okay, a landing page is going to convert at 25 to 40%. Well, with the numbers of people they were getting to their site in the first place, the number they wanted to achieve wasn't possible because they didn't have the traffic. Um, and I explained that to them and said, okay, the, here's a, a few ways you can uh, get more traffic to your site. You know, this will work, but it's going to take a little bit of time to build that up, that kind of thing. So I, I do want to know how many people they have coming uh, to see if their, their goals and their conversion um, achievements are, are going to be possible or if it's going to take a little time, that kind of thing. I also like to know how many people are going there directly versus uh, search versus other methods. Um, because in general, we have this idea, everyone comes to search. Uh, and that may be true. And I also like to look at uh, how they arrived versus how long they spent on the website. Because what I'll find is if they arrived by search and they are spending the most amount of time on the website when they arrive by search, it means the keywords that people are using to search, they match what you offer. You're doing a good job about uh, offering what people are looking for, that kind of a thing. Um, and then I look at keywords and I look at comparisons. You know, who are your competitors and what kind of traffic do they have? Uh, because in the past, I worked with a lot of software clients. And in general, the terms people use to search 
are too narrow for Google to actually give numbers about. So Google has a threshold. If they're going to let you know the keyword somebody found you by, uh, it needs to be a certain number of searches a month. And when you have less than 100 searches around the world for that particular phrase a month, it's a little hard to say, okay, what kind of keyword should we be uh, optimizing for? So just in general, you know, what are the keywords people are looking for? How are they arriving at your site now? And, uh, you know, what are some related keywords maybe that you could also optimize for if they aren't using that particular phrase? Uh, so those are just some of the analytics and uh, the, the background data that I look at. Uh, it's really helpful to know the, the path people take through your website. It's helpful to know how people arrive at your website because then you can get an idea of, other avenues that you might be missing out on on uh, for promoting and for marketing and also getting a real look at, okay, well, we think this number of people are coming to our site, but if you have an 80% bounce rate, which means somebody lands on your site and leaves within three seconds, that means, yes, okay, you get a thousand people a month, but only 200 of them stick around more than three seconds, which is mm. not useful for, uh, you know, you're really looking at a 200 per month visitor as opposed to a thousand per month visitor, which will really change the metrics that you want. No, it's wonderful stuff. I mean, you can hear it's, it's really powerful and obviously information is knowledge, right? And you can build a strategy around that. Clearly. Absolutely. That. <laughs> so, uh, uh, it all is, it all forms a part of the thinking. If somebody uh, wanted to engage with you or reach out to you, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, so the best way to get in touch is to go to travelindustrycopy.com slash podcast. Uh, you know, if you heard me on the podcast, I have a special offer for you. Uh, that, uh, and on that, you can sign up for my five-day email challenge. Uh, it's completely free. And it'll talk about uh, how to increase website conversions. So uh, each day, it's a really quick read and it's a really quick action step because I'm all about action steps. So it's a really quick action step for you to take uh, on something that is on your website that may or may not be preventing people from sticking around. Because the idea is you have eight seconds to convince someone they're in the right place, but it's not eight seconds to sell. It's eight seconds to then keep them on the page longer. So it's a couple of different steps you can take to keep them to increase that time on site from eight seconds to 30 seconds and so on. Uh, and it's some of the, the common things I see when running audits for my clients that a lot of people, it may be obvious, but it's like, oh, wait, I haven't updated that in, a, in six months. Maybe I should go look and see if it's still working, that kind of thing. Um, so they can sign up for the, for the email challenge on uh, travelindustrycopy.com slash podcast. They can connect with me, find me on LinkedIn. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp on LinkedIn. My spelling will be uh, in the show notes. <laughs> and they can follow me on Twitter to get uh, interesting information about travel industry and marketing material on uh, K underscore Whitecamp on Twitter, um, uh, Travel Industry Copy on Facebook. And, uh, you know, also on the, on the page, there's a, a way to sign up. If they are looking to do a project, there's a sign up right there to grab that 15 minute slot. That's so a couple great. of ways. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And, uh, and you can hear, you know, by your answer, you take your own advice, obviously, uh, and anybody going, uh, please do go. And, uh, anybody going through, uh, we'll see the different conversion methods we discuss. Uh, and, uh, in so doing, uh, be able to find the best way of working with you, right. Uh, in a way Absolutely. that helps your own business as well. So that's great. Uh, Kimberly, I'd like to end this podcast by, I got I really have to coin this, I think is what the <laughs> listeners will start to realize, but uh, tips, tricks, advice, or something like that, a golden nugget or several gold nuggets that you'd leave listeners with. We described the, the typical listener. Again, we've got listeners of all, uh, I mean, I can't get over looking at the numbers and where people are coming from. They're coming from all over the world, ideally, or they are coming from all over the world. Ideally, they are looking to 
build their business or grow their business uh, and are looking for tips, tricks, and expert advice on how to do so, what would you leave them with today? So if you want to grow your business, um, I would say look to the list you already have first. Um, you've already put in the effort. You've already put in the time, money, sweat, and tears uh, to getting people on that email list. And I would say first, uh, reconnect with uh, the list you have. I, I find a lot of companies, they have large numbers, but maybe they're not engaging them as often as they could be. So I would say first look to the leads that you've already got. Reach out to them and say you know, are you still interested in hearing about X, Y, Z? And if they open the message, you can then send a re-engagement campaign to, you know, a brief reminder of who you are, what you do, how you can help. If they don't open the list, put them on another list uh, that says, okay, if they don't open anything from me in three months, then I should take them off the list because they're no longer invested. Um, and you don't want to have, uh, just in terms for the, the tech side of things, uh, the more people who open your stuff, the more it, it helps with your, your messaging getting delivered on time and in a, a good and powerful manner. So, uh, you know, find those people who you maybe haven't connected with in a while and see if they're still interested. And if they are, send a re-engagement campaign and let them know about your, you know, your introductory offers and, and get them back on that conversation. And uh, one of the things I'll leave them with is uh, a lot of people are worried, right? Oh, it's been three months since I contacted my list. I can't reach out to them now. Yes, you can. Because they signed up. They raised their hand. They said, yes, I want to hear from you. So of course, you should hear from them. However, I would not say, oh, it's been three months since I contacted you. Because then it just reminds people that it's been a while. Instead, you just reach out saying, hey, are you still interested in learning about whatever it is that you're offering? And that way, they may not realize it's been three months since you messaged them because they're busy too. Uh, but they might, that might be enough to get them to open that message and then start re-engaging with your, with your campaign. So reaching out to people you already have and then uh, remembering that uh, help should be at the core of any marketing message that you send out because you want to help your customers. You want to provide value. You want to provide great customer service. And that is why people stick around and stick with your brand and then let everyone they know, hey, you're looking for help with this. Uh, you should so use these people because they're awesome. So help at the core of your messaging and reach out, reach back out to anyone on your list who has maybe been a while since you contacted. Oh, that's great, Kimberly. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, help is at the core. That's great. I think we're going to sum it up in, in, one, uh, in one key sentence right there. So thanks so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate your time. Appreciate the tips and all that, uh, that you've offered us here today. Look forward to the next chance that we get to connect. Yes. Thank you so much, JP, for having me on. It's been a blast and uh, I always love geeking out about marketing. Excellent. All right. Have a great day, y'all. We'll speak to you next time on The Millionaire's Lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Please subscribe and rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. To get your business millionaire assessed and to access the wide variety of resources that we offer in addition to this podcast, go to jpmcavoy.com. That's jpmcavoy.com.